blue shirt here that has, uh, you know, a couple spit up stains on it. I'm in a special delirious sleep deprived state, but hopped up on three shots of espresso as well. Um, you know, Do I you didn't, I know didn't we quite get a shower, didn't quite get a shower in this morning. So I'm just, uh, I'm just ready to rock, man. We've talked about it before, but how do you, do you have an espresso machine or what do you have? Oh, it's a fancy one. Yeah, we had to do it. So that's my thing. Anytime. How much? It was like, <laughs> I don't know, like eight, 800 or something, something okay. Along, okay. along those lines. So, I mean, a lot, but not like. Not like. I, I've seen. There's some well, five grand, I, 10 grand type machines that are bonkers. Yes. Like the place, the place we recorded our first episode, I believe they had one oh, built yeah. into the counter and I think it was 10K. <laughs> so yeah not quite that level not yet adam yeah not yet yeah you, you know, know you keep you keep just you know racking up you know wins as a gm and a and a next gen <laughs> coach and next gen national coach you're gonna be you're you know you're gonna be cruising soon with that compound yeah that's right so i mean if the if the content creation stays high end i don't see why i won't be a millionaire in 2020 <laughs> so I, I i just don't see i don't see how it won't happen so, it's just impossible know. yeah I mean. right so robert i have a question for you yeah one two-part question one do do you remember the last day you did not drink caffeine oh What, what do you number think the two. answer is? Number, <laughs> number two, yeah. what would happen if you didn't drink caffeine? Um, yeah, can we can we move on to something okay. more? No, I'm just, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> um, one, no, do not remember. Uh, but I've gone, I've done like pretty aggressive streaks of like no coffee, no caffeine. Mm. And the, uh, yeah, the first, the first couple of days, much better if if nobody's around me because <laughs> they will experience something they don't want to experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it's, but I guess, I guess like so I've gotten no coffee, no caffeine, and you know you're supposed to have all this amazing natural energy, and I I did it for months, um, but honestly I love the taste of coffee. It's uh, there, there's something about like the ritual of having a coffee in the morning when you wake up that's just pleasant you know it's like a cigarette smoker no don't don't compare it it to i'm saying it is like a lot of them sure you're addicted to the to the nicotine but a lot of them miss the routine of doing it so i think it's maybe a somewhat similar situation but i mean i didn't even drink coffee till i met prof so yeah uh i don't know if that's because i need extra energy being around her or she just likes it and i happen to start to like it as well but either way that's uh-huh. interesting. So you didn't drink, you didn't drink any, I mean, you had caffeine, I'm sure, but yeah, one, not much. Once in a blue moon up until my mid thirties. Yeah. So interesting. So you're, you're a ca- you're a coffee drinker later in life, later in life. Yeah. I think that's, are I think you, that's a little odd. Yeah. Are you kind of regretful that you're, you've gone down this path? No, you know what? I don't really, I, I don't really have too much of a preference on it. I mean, I know, like, I guess technically coffee doesn't give you energy. It just blocks out your tiredness uh, is yeah. apparently kind of how I understand it. But yeah, I'm okay with it. I, I enjoy it. And I think it helps, you know, if I have a big day or I'm working or I need to be sharp for some reason, then I, I think it helps some. Is it maybe because in your previous 35 years that you haven't needed to be as sharp as you do now? It's a great 
thought there, Rob. And I think that's probably true. Yes. Yeah. But with with poker, I'm sure you needed to be on it, but it just was never a thing. Well, it's just like, like when I was doing it, it was so like consistent and job like that. I'm not sure I even needed uh, an extra pep. I just kind of fell into my routine and I, the brain would work the poker way. And I, I, I didn't really ever feel like I needed anything extra. So it's, it's, it's weird to explain, uh, to people who don't know poker, but once you get in that moment, in that hand, now there's a lot of folding and boring stuff in between, but if you were in a hand, it doesn't really matter how tired you are. You will lock in for that, whatever, five to 10 minutes that it is. So uh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not exactly sure. I find that interesting because there's, um, like I've had coffee, I've probably had coffee as like a routine for a pretty long time. I'm just turned 38 and I started drinking coffee. The first time I had it, I, you know, I was, I was an assistant coach at Stony Brook on Long Island for tennis. And then I was like, I want to be done with tennis. I want to do something new. I want to go try to work in the city. And so I got a job in Manhattan. This is, this is mid 2008. And I looked at two different jobs. One was like a, was a technical recruiting job at this place in Midtown and the other, I like went down to wall street and was like, maybe I'll get, <laughs> I, was like, I don't even know what I'm doing down here, but maybe I'll just go interview for some jobs. And I, I mean, mid 2008 is kind of, you know, some of the worst times in recent American financial history. So mm-hmm. um, just an interesting time to be doing it. But I, uh, I took a job doing the recruiting in Midtown, you know, did the whole wear a suit to the office every day, take the subway. You know, I thought I was like living the little American dream, you know, being from the South and seeing like, oh, this is, you know, get, getting a job in the big city. And I would show up to the office in August, you know, just completely drenched in sweat in this oversized <laughs> suit that didn't fit me after riding the subway with no, no AC and walking like 10 blocks. And uh, I mean, there it was like, I was doing, dude, this is 2008. And there are computers in 2008, but at this job, they didn't give me a computer. We had, we had a table of like, I think it was eight people or six people. And we had kind of one lead manager at that table and the manager is the only one that had a computer all we had the other five of us was a box of index cards that had business business names uh manager names and phone numbers so a a rolodex and maybe even the dewey decimal system so yes you guys were (laughs) dude in 2008 and i literally had a phone and this box of index cards and my only job was to go through that box and and set appointments for these for these uh recruits that we were trying to get into jobs. So you had to be like to cold call all day long. You had to be on it. So I was just chugging. Like that's when I started like drinking monster for breakfast and like got into coffee. Got to bring that energy. Yeah. And it it worked, but, but I've been on, I've been on the coffees for a long time since. So. All right. No, I like that. So here, here, here's this. uh, Cause I know that they're, they're uh, listening slash watching whatever. Yeah. James Ignatowicz and Anna Bright, don't use Google. Do either one of you know what the Dewey Decimal System is? All right, I'm oh, just going to throw, the, gonna throw like that, that question out there. We'll see if we get a response. I know oh. at least half of our viewers do not know. Yeah, no, Dewey Decimal is, uh, I mean, what a great name, first off. But, oh, you said something about the poker um, yes, that made me yes. think about, like, even though I've been on the coffees for a long time, um, there's certain there's certain things that, you're absolutely right where like for, for you as poker, where you would just lock in regardless mm-hmm. of caffeine. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was, and I'm sure this is the same for everybody. 
Like, I think if, if you're doing something that you're really like locked in on that you don't need it or you don't think about it. But like when I did my past advertising business, it'd be kind of the same thing. It would just be like locked in on numbers and, and didn't think about caffeine. So yeah, I wonder if it's just, yeah, I don't know what, what makes that happen though. You got to get on the, get on, get on that mud water, Robert. Oh yeah. They keep advertising to me. So I I think Uh, it's, I think it's some form of mushrooms. I don't really know. Dude, Greg uh, Dowin on a, complete rant about this the episode that we recorded where you couldn't record he uh he he just was like yeah i don't remember what he said about mudwater but i was like this episode is not sponsored by mudwater it's like greg now <laughs> will shut up about it he loves mudwater he, he loves mudwater he loves mudwater he loves a lot of things i've heard so. some other interesting um ways to kind of like lock in mentally outside of just caffeine like i know some people some people i know that like were subscribed they're not subscribed, prescribed to Adderall like their whole life that have, but like, it's not, it's not good for you. Right. So it's, it's what it's, it's an amphetamine. So it does something to your brain chemistry. Yeah. Like your connections up there or something. I don't know, but not good, not good to use it all the time. Yeah. Right. No. Um, So I know some people that have, have gotten off of it and it sounds like it's quite a challenge to come off of it, but what they've started doing instead and this i'm you know this is not endorsed by us or anybody related to the show but <laughs> but they they microdose uh psilocybin mm-hmm. you know and and you know psilocybin's mushrooms basically or a chemical in the mushrooms and it uh that's like what makes like if you take a large dose that's what kind of you know it's a hallucinogen that takes you to different places but in, in small doses, according to these people, it, it helps them actually be really locked in mentally and focused. And it doesn't like if you're doing it like in a microdose f- fashion, which is like a, a, you know, a 15th or a 20th of what your normal, do- a normal large dose would be, then you don't really get the hallucinogenic side effects. You just get like mental clarity and focus. So... I'm not no, saying I, try it. I'm not saying don't try it. I'm not saying this is endorsed by anybody. Not saying anything. But I'm just no. saying I heard this one time. No, it's been, I think it's been kind of a recent thing uh, to talk about. And, and I, I've heard that it's also good with addiction recovery and actually like some mental diseases like anxiety and stuff. You can kind of almost reset your brain. I, I don't know the specifics of it, but I know it's kind of a, a, a new type thing people are trying. There's also this... Uh, stuff I've been hearing about called like nootropics. It's kind of like mental steroids a little bit. Uh, they're trying to whatever. Yeah. Find a way maybe to, you know, have people more focused without, uh, some of that Adderallish amphetamine type type stuff. So uh, I, I don't know a lot about it, but it's all somewhat interesting, I guess. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Did you? I know you're a big. I mean, you might be the biggest documentary guy I know, actually. Oh yeah, I love those. But did you see the one on Netflix that goes into like the different, um, it, like they cover psilocybin? I don't know. I don't remember the name. It's something about healing. Uh, but they go into psilocybin, like MDMA. They go into a few different, like kind of alternative medicine therapies, and kind of you know the results they've had in like, like you said, PTSD, depression, um, addiction recovery, stuff like that and how it's been super useful and they're doing it in you know controlled ways and clinical studies you know under you know guided supervision stuff like that but have you have you seen that i don't know if i've seen the exact one that you're talking about but there there's a few of those out there like there's yeah this one that talks about you know just like i don't know what fungi fungi whatever you want to call it anyway but 
apparently there's a lot of really great benefits from it. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure it's for me or anyone listening, but uh, that was that was a solid little rant. Hey, this uh, is on not. Yeah, this stuff. is. We needed that. This is not endorsed by by Selkirk TV. Nothing. No, 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 not endorsed. Not endorsed. We're just talking. Just two, just two guys, two, two middle-aged guys talking. You know, no big deal, no big deal here. <laughs> yeah. So dad life. Yeah, no dad life. It's it, it's a real life, and it's uh it's it's going well. It's going well. I can't complain right now, Rob. So go ahead. Expectations going into dad life versus what reality is. Super it, similar. Yeah. Super I mean, similar. Okay. I, I think being, you know, quite a bit older, I, I will in short order be the old, the old dad of the group, uh, whatever crew we end up hanging out with or, or, or kids uh, that we end up, you know, hanging out with in terms of activities and stuff. But I think that I was, you know, pretty dang prepared for it. I had a lot of uh, people telling me what to expect. And, you know, I, I did a uh, decent amount of research. And of course, Corinne did a lot of research. So I think we were about as prepared as you can be. Kind of, I think it's important to be stable in other parts of life. uh, As I think some people think it's uh, maybe a a strained relationship or a strained part of their life, they'll add a kid to it and it'll fix it. I think that's a wild thought process. So to be stable in other aspects of life, uh, I think is really important uh, to to throw something so big and you know life changing into the mix. So I, I think that we were in those parts uh, in those uh, spaces of life, and I think that's helped a lot. And uh, sure, it's a little overwhelming, or or especially very constant at times, and you're you're wanting a break here and there. But for the most part, I think it's been it's been great and been pretty much what I was expecting. Yeah. And pretty nice that you guys have, uh, like a fair amount of support there, right? Oh yeah, definitely. And I get to, you know, I get, I get to leave and go to a pickleball tournament for two or three days, you know, every, every couple weeks. So daddy's got to bring home the bacon. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Come on. So she doesn't have that luxury. So I I get a little mini escape from time to time, but, uh, you know, the grass is always greener. I'm I'm at the pickleball tournament. I want to be home. I'm at home you know, go, go into the pickleball tournament for a day or two. sounds fun as well. So it's just, it's just part of the deal. And, and I, I think we got a pretty good routine going right now. Yeah. Speaking of travel tomorrow, I mean, you guys that are listening, will be listening to this post post draft New York, post-draft. but Adam, you are going tonight or tomorrow up there. I'll be going in the morning tomorrow. So I have a big day set up with Tim parks. You know, we're going to, eat some steaks, probably drink a little wine, uh, do a little last, uh, last little session, uh, talking about all these names and this, these rankings. And I'll tell you what, that child, isn't the draft at like 9am though tomorrow? No, no, it's later. Is it not? What time is it? I'm pretty sure it's 9am, bro. Stop it. Stop. I I think like I saw like a, they, no, I saw like an email that got sent out. I think it's 9am. Yeah. Yeah, you You need to check on that because Timbo, Timbo said we're good to go. Like I said, he was, I, mean, I was just kind of like, I'll get there whenever in the early afternoon. And then, is that not right? Check that email, Rob. I'm going to check me it nervous. right now. Uh, got a hot flash. Season two draft overview. It's a web page. Um, one day, two drafts. Let's see. Agenda for draft day, July 12th, Woolman Rink, City Pickle. We've got premier level draft, 9 a.m. Eastern time to 11 a.m. Eastern time. Okay. Challenger draft, 
Uh, and maybe this is why challenger draft at 12 30 p.m eastern to 2 30 oh, p.m eastern god that's yeah that's not what i thought <laughs> well, what time what time do you get in uh that's a great question about when the challenger draft starts so <laughs> uh yeah we might we might have to uh look at some flights after after this uh this episode i think you might well, be going this evening to new york yeah. adam I might have to. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's very interesting and good to know. Uh, not shocking that I am not going to be. Can you imagine you fly, to New, you, you fly to New York tomorrow and the draft's already done? <laughs> the draft's done, yeah. That would <laughs> well, you still have steak and wine, so that'd be fine. Steak and wine, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's good. That's and hopefully too. Tim Parks did a good job at the draft, you know? Yeah, I, I think he will. Uh, but yeah, I got a little hot flash there. That's not good. We, we're going to have to get that situated uh, after this uh, session. My goodness. So, are you stressed uh, now about it? Or I guess, you, okay? Well, I guess it's not like, you know, absolutely essential that I'm there. It's nice to be in person. We record podcasts in person occasionally. They're always better. It's a better yeah. vibe. And I think it would be better if I was there. But if I'm, you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Shocking that I, you know, made a travel mistake. Usually it's the wrong, wrong day or the wrong time. Now I have the event that has the wrong time. It's not even my actual travel planning. So, you know, you, sometimes you just can't win, Robert. Yeah. I mean, you know who I've never seen have any travel issues is Corette Carr. <laughs> yeah, but it you. seems to, it seems to follow you everywhere, but she I thought you knew her better. I thought you knew her better. She's like a, that. she's a flawless traveler, never has any issues with packing mm-hmm. or leaving bags anywhere or being on yeah. time. Always on time. Yeah. Always <laughs> on time. She's, she's a special one. Let me tell you. So, uh, so Robert, well, we talked about uh, a little bit about what I have going on. How about yourself? What's going on with you? It looks like you're, are you in a hotel room right now? Yeah, I'm in a hotel room. I did a little, uh, did a little private personal staycation. I'm in St. Simon's, uh, Island, Georgia, like where my mom lives, but mm-hmm. you know, I just wanted to, I just wanted a hotel for a couple of days, a little alone time had, you know, had, had um, a nice little meetup with my mother yesterday evening and caught up and chatted, which was lovely. I'm going to go have coffee with her after this. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just uh, here until, well, going back to Ponte Vedra tonight or today, but then I'm going to go up to Boston on Thursday and I'm doing this uh, ballpark series at Fenway, uh, which is oh, like yeah. an exhibition with four guys, four ladies, we do singles on Friday and then Saturday off and then Sunday we do dubs. So pretty That's cool experience. The Fenway group, the Fenway group or something like that. Yeah. Fenway sports groups. They're just an investor, I believe, but it's run by a organization called uh, pickleball for America. Pickle Four, the number four.com is their website. Uh, pretty sure they bought the U S open or they're in, you know, control of the U S open. And so they, they are responsible for running that tournament now, and they're responsible for this ballpark series, which is hitting uh, Fenway. They're going to the Giants ballpark in San Francisco, as well as Denver, where the Rockies play. So basically setting up like, you know, courts in the outfield type deal, running a little amateur event and having eight pros at these exhibitions. So pretty cool experience. I mean, going to be playing pickleball at Fenway Park, which is... <laughs> I mean, fun, I guess, unique for sure. You can't, you can't hit one over the green monster, Robert, with a pickleball. Yeah. No, probably not. Probably not. Probably, probably not. It's not. a pretty big wall. Yeah, pretty big. Pretty good. But side. yeah, should be a fun experience. And then, that sounds you know, good. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know all the details on that. It sounds pretty cool. Who, yeah. you, who, who else is doing it? Do you have any idea? Yeah. So in my group, it's uh, me, 
it, there's been there's been a lot of um, a lot of kind of shuffling based mm-hmm. on based on PPA not allowing players to ah. to to go to this one. So talking about the restrictive contracts, they're coming mm-hmm. into effect. Um, so it was meant to be uh, me, J Dub, Dylan, and Andre. And Dylan apparently wasn't allowed to go to it. I think J-Dub is because it's related to Franklin um, mm. on some level. But Dylan had to, Dylan couldn't go. Um, so Hunter Johnson's coming in his place. And then on the women's side, it's, it's Simone, Paris, who else is it? Simone, Paris. Ah, I don't know. Good enough. I don't know. It was supposed. To, I think Elise Jones is supposed to go, but I think PPA blocked her from going too. Ran into some issues. Yep, I know that's. Yeah, contracts are contracts. So, uh, which is surprising. a bummer because it's a good. It's a, it's a nice little. It's a nice little payout to nice go. Nice little gig, huh? Yeah, it's it's lovely. I mean, and they're they're doing it right. It's like Octagon, the sports management company's kind of running it on that mm-hmm. end, and you know, taking care of flights, taking care of airport transfers four-star hotel uh just just really nice you know the way it's being handled and set up so it'll be interesting to see where uh where pickle for america goes i mean are they going to turn into a full-blown tour are they just going to own the u.s open and this ballpark series are they gonna are they gonna do bigger things um i know they have a lot of money behind them so it'll it'll be interesting to see where it goes i tell you what it really does it really is nice when you have a little like someone taking care of travel or arranging oh, yeah. arranging pickups. You don't have to worry about getting to spots once you land and stuff like that. It, you know, one time or whatever, it doesn't seem like much. Or when you're thinking about it, it doesn't seem like much. But when when it's happening, it really it really does help. So no, uh, sure. yeah, that's pretty cool to see that they're they're kind of doing it uh, doing it right. Yeah, so that'll be a lot of fun. And then from there, I go to go to Grand Rapids for Beer City. Oh yeah. Oh, and you you have a big day Thursday, don't you? At, at Beer big City. Day. Big, big day. Big day. Maybe, it's gonna look maybe, similar to this. Yeah, it'll look real similar. You might yeah. not be able to see us, but we'll be talking some pickle, uh, talking a little uh, in the booth with Robert on Thursday for singles. So you know, just exciting. Nothing, time. nothing to like more than just breaking down. You know, slappy forehands and uh-huh. and illegal paddles hitting winners. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. People are going to start wearing eye protection and singles uh, with the, with the D lamb going on. So hundred uh, percent, man, I'm still a little nervous about this draft. I'm going to, yeah. I think there's, there's, there's a lot of flights from Raleigh to New York. So I think I can probably get it situated, but yeah, that's, that's too well, bad. I'm gonna, and there's, you know, three different airports in New York you can fly to, which helps. That's true. That's um, true. I think you're going to be going tonight. It's just my, (laughs) I might be when I get done here. Uh, um, Speaking of the draft, mm -hmm. you know, you know, we don't need to go into a full, full mock draft, but would love to, would love to see. Yeah. Cause you know, listening to this people, the draft will have already happened, but let's, let's, let's get your first round picks. Yeah. So no, I, I, I think so. Now I didn't quite do, the full in-depth research of the premier level because I will be drafting from the challenger. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I kind of, I kind of went through and, 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 you know, thought about the names that I would uh, pick in the premier just to kind of have an idea of what my player pool is going to look like for challenger. So I, I went through the rankings. Uh, we'll start off with the ladies here. So I have Annalie Waters at number one. Shocking. 
shocking. So uh, Anna Lee Waters, and then I, I, you know, six months ago, I can't believe I would be saying this, but I have Catherine at number two, and I think that she has earned that uh, and her play the last few months. And uh, I've said it before, and I'll say it again right now. I thought she was overdrafted, and she made me eat my words. So kudos to you, Catherine, playing well. At number three, I have Anna Bright. Uh, and at number four, this might surprise some people. I have Edda Wright at number four. Okay. So, uh, I know she didn't play her best game in the super final, but that's literally probably the only time I've seen her play poorly. And I've been pretty impressed with her ability to go, you know, full on offensive barrage playing with Megan Dizon to full supporting role, uh, with, uh, a mixed double. So I have her at four. I have Callie Smith at five who I think played very well at the last MLP. She was creating some offense on the backhand side. And so I had moved her up a couple spots and here's where it gets a little dicey. I'm, I'm just, it's just really tough here, Robert. I don't really know what to do with Megan Dizon. Uh, I, I definitely think she needs to be in the top 10 or 12. I'm just unsure exactly where to put her. So uh, for numbers, I have Jackie Kawamoto next. I have Georgia Johnson, then I have Andrea Coop, and then Paris Todd, Vivian David, and Jesse Irvin. That's and I don't 12. know where to put. I don't. I don't know where to put Dizon in there, but I think she needs to be somewhere in there. I think she's playing very well and very do she's, offensive. Do you think minded. she's above Jesse? That's a great question. Uh, I probably have Jesse lower than most people would ex- expect. I have her at twelve. Um, and I also have Paris Todd at 10. So, uh, I think that's lower than most people would think. And, uh, I, I think, you know, some of that has to do with, with Jesse and singles and, you know, uh, you kind of have that lump of Jesse can play both sides, but I kind of consider Jesse a non-dominant left side player when she plays the left. So I have Jesse, Viv and Paris and Viv and Paris are very much right side players to me, obviously Viv, but I, I think Paris as well. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I definitely made rankings that I was a little more committed to, uh, liking and, and these are, you know, I mean, obviously I made them They're They're in line with my thought process, but there's a couple of names that I'm not sure what to do with. Yeah. Uh, Coop has been injured lately. Uh, hasn't played her best pickle the last few months. Uh, you know, I love Georgia Johnson, but she definitely still has some inconsistencies in her game. And yeah. I, I've watched her play several MLP events, some spectacular, some very much less so. So I, I would like to move her up higher, but I think having her at the back end of the top 10 uh, is the right place for her right now. Uh, where, any, where do you any, have Leia? Leia. Or did you not have her top 12? Oh, I just don't even have Leia written down. <laughs> where would you so put her? I, I would put Leia for me kind of uh, probably in the heart of that top 10, actually in there with, uh, you know, Jackie and Georgia and Callie as well. Um, But yeah, I just didn't put her name in there. So uh, that was a oversight by me. Any strong feelings on some of those names or rankings that I just gave? No, I think, I think, yeah, once you get, once you get past the top two, in my opinion, it gets, it gets a little blurred. Um, yeah, it's, it's a clump and it's, you know, the tiers are really important in this draft process. Uh, you know, kind of having those clumps of three, four, five, maybe even more players that are just so super close together. Um, yeah, I think, I think a lot of it, if you're looking at drafting, just boils down to, you know, 
um, who's going to, who's going to fight, who's going to show up in the big moments. I think that's mm-hmm. kind of a little bit of an underrated thing that, I mean, all of these games are close, right? Like, uh, you know, a five and O record could easily be a one and four record. It comes down like most of those games are 22, 20, 21, 19, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it comes down to, you know, when it gets to, when it gets to 19, 18, 18, 17, who's playing those big points the best. So I think, yeah, I think that's a, that's a stat that needs to be looked at a little bit more of, um, you know, who's playing those big points well, because. And how, and how do you quantify it? That's the thing, Rob. And and how much does it weigh in? You know, like maybe there is a clear cut skill advantage, but there's a mental weakness and then there's a, a mental toughness. Is that possibly something that would sway you to make the pick or should it just be a tiebreaker? Uh, yeah. it, it, so it's, it's, it's very hard to, I mean, I mean, look at this right here. I mean, we have this, I have the, I have the, uh, standings pulled up. We have the Chicago slice at the number three spot sitting incredibly comfortably, but their total points are 1250 to 1212. So they've yeah. only won 38 more points than they've lost and they are sitting pretty in the standings. So just another indicator of how tight all this stuff is. And some of the you know, the point differentials are basically 50-50. One team, like you said, is one and four. One team's five and oh. So do you think uh, it's too it, tight? Possibly. Yeah, it, it, it possibly could be. So I think that, you know, having some variance is actually good. But is there a threshold or or a level that it, that it crosses that's too much? And, uh, you know, if always the best team wins, it's not great. But if it's a total shit show at the same time, you know, that's not great. So happy yeah. middle ground as, as such as, you know, so often in life is probably the best decision. But that's uh, that, that's that's a great talking point because, you know, you, you, you want the skill to shine, uh, but you want the matches to be tight. So I, I don't know, Robert. Yeah, I mean, it's not always I mean, it's exciting. I, I don't know why I'm thinking about about golf but came this first thing that came to mind is like there's a lot of excitement you know with the tournament going down to sunday let's call it the masters or something right and it comes down to the final hole where you're seeing guys with like the biggest pressure moments like who's gonna who's gonna step up who's gonna flub one um there's excitement in that but there's also i mean there's also excitement in seeing tiger win it by 15 strokes or whatever he wanted by that year. Right. Because it's just like, it's showing the absolute greatness of that player, which, you know, not exciting, maybe watching that 18, but like, like looking back on it, it's such a, it's such a feat and such an incredible achievement that it makes it one of the greatest moments in sports history. So it's like, you know, we, we kind of lose that aspect. Right. And we, we gain the aspect of having a ton of close games and ton of close calls, but, um, the you know some of that stuff gets lost a little bit yeah no i think that's funny too because if 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 tiger's winning by 17 that's something i would watch if he's winning by three or four it's just another day (laughs) kind kind of thing so uh yeah that's that is an interesting perspective uh on that and yeah i i definitely don't have the perfect answer but we'll uh you know people people like to give their opinions so you know if it gets if it gets real fluky or or uh the format it kind of shows uh, you know, a couple cracks. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure it will be a topic of conversation. Even though right now, I think I think it works well. Yeah. And just just to cap that off uh, with a couple names, I don't want to get too deep into the rankings because some of those are going to leak over into Challenger. Uh, we have Simone, Jade, Elise, Irina, 
as as a couple names, you know, after that group that I talked about, uh, it's always tough to to rank Jade because uh, she plays with their sister, and I do think that Jackie is slightly better. I don't know if that's four or five spots better. I really don't. So yeah. uh, I tell you what, every time you know, I'm I think those Kawamoto's. Uh, not that I think thought this a lot, but you know, maybe some of the more firepower-ish ladies or or they these Kawamoto's might get overwhelmed. They, they certainly don't. And they play very well at MLP, not just on the doubles court, on the singles court as well. So i got to give them a little love. I mean, it seems like a good draft strategy there is just grab a grab a, a guy at a really high draft pick, grab the Kawamoto's kind of middle of the pack, and mm-hmm. then grab a, grab a you know, fourth-round guy. Yeah. And that it seems almost, like a pretty it, good recipe. It almost worked out perfectly for yeah. the – what were ATX pickleballers? Is that who it was? Yeah. So yeah. They, they, they made it to the semifinals this last event. So uh, it, it really did almost work out perfectly for them. Uh, uh, and that's, and that's what happened. Stud guy, two Kawamoto's, uh, you know, kind of take a flyer on a guy with, yeah. with that fourth pick. So there's been a lot of talk about um, kind of draft strategy and what the optimal, you know, strategy for a team will be. And you're hearing a lot, or I'm hearing a lot about, you know, there's going to be, you know, eight to four, nine to three guys over mm-hmm. the ladies taken in the first round. So any thoughts on any thoughts on that based on what you're hearing? Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I think that it's, it's a clear cut situation that guys can just affect the game more. So it, I just think that whether the gap is huge between Anna Lee waters and the next best player, that there's just going to be a couple, if not a few guys that can affect the game more than she can just from a flat out, you know, wingspan size, size perspective uh, when you compare that to the court. So uh, the question is, is where does that kind of stop? There's obviously a couple guys, if not a few guys that can play that role. But as we dip down into the, you know, the kind of second tier, you know, big time left side guys, you know, the the Deckles and the Jameses and the AJs, even uh, whether you consider him in that group or not. Uh, can those guys affect the game more than some of these ladies, meaning Catherine, meaning Anna Bright, uh, uh, those ladies that would be ranked gender wise a little ahead of them? And that's a great question. I'm not exactly sure. So that is up to the drafters, these uh, these GMs and this these ownership groups to make that decision out there. And I, I'm just not sure. Uh, I, I'm confident and <laughs> uh, saying that when, when when we're talking about some of these names. Yeah, and I also just don't think we know yet. There's just not. There hasn't been enough MLPs. There hasn't no. been enough data. There hasn't been any. Like I mean, yeah. You just it's just so hard to tell. Yeah, it's very small, very, very small sample uh, for all this, too. And so, yeah, I mean, can a Julian, a James, a Deckel, uh, someone like that affect the game more than an Anna Bright or a Catherine Parento? I, I, I just don't exactly know. And uh, it's going to be very, very interesting because I could see it totally being 6-6, uh, uh, something like that in the top 12, or I could very much see it being eight or nine guys uh, that go, uh, you know, ahead of some of those just really solid, but, but not quite spectacular ladies and kind of the heart of that top 10. Yeah. What do you have on the guy's side? Guy's side. Okay. So I have a, um, uh, so I, I have I have a three man group. We have uh, Collins, Ken Folk, 
we have Riley and J Dub uh, right there in the top three, and I, I don't think that that can change. And I have a basically I have kind of Dylan Frazier in a tier by himself at number four as a versatile player, but not a full fledged dominant left side. And then I have that grouping of really, really solid, more versatile guys. We're talking about the MacGuffins, the, uh, the Federico stacks the Thomas Wilson's kind of in the lower part of that next tier. And then you have the second tier dominant left side guys, Julian, James, Deckel. I still put AJ in that category. And then uh, I have all those guys in the same tier. So it's the uh, five or six of them. And then I have another tier down. And that's when you, you start talking about the uh, some of the young bucks, the, the Patrick Quins and the and the Tardios. Then you have the veterans, Colin, Zane, Jay, all in that group together, I believe, even though they do have uh, different skill sets. Uh, a lot of those players, uh, just like that previous group did. And you got the uh, I'm ready to put. Uh, Pablo Tejas in that group. And I think Travis Redmire has been playing better as well. He was not making errors. He was playing a solid game at this last MLP. And, you know, with, even though his age is advanced, his racket sport background is high end. And his physique is also high end. His physique. He's a very nice looking man with the shirt off. <laughs> I, I will admit that. Uh, so I have them in a group. And then we have a another group down below that. And it's a pretty significant group too, with about seven or eight players. Mr. Robert Nunnery is in that group, but I will not be discussing any further as several of those players might get looked over and uh, put into the challenger player pool. And I would say this about you, Robert, four, six months ago, as you mentioned, there was a lot going on. You had been coming off, not a lot of pickleball play, uh, that injury and just not a lot of court time. And I think you've really picked it up the last couple of months. And uh, I'm not sure I would have been in that situation to pull the trigger on you a few months ago. But if I was drafting premier uh, today, you would be in my premier level rankings. So wanted to say that. Yeah. Appreciate that, Adam. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so that, that, that's pretty much it. The top half of both, uh, of both the guys and the girls. And then, like I said, it gets, it gets into a big gray area of who is going to hold their premier spot and who might get, you know, uh, passed by 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 a, a younger, more upside player, just some uh, someone that 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 a team thinks might fit uh, the role better for their team construction. Yeah, I uh, anybody because I know you've looked at more challenger drafting. Mm-hmm. In my head, there's one there's one guy that absolutely like should be in challenger based on based on how how good he is and his results and um and he just he he got dropped and he hasn't been back in but he was in for one event any idea what okay so say that again so some he was in for one event and he got dropped and has not been back and has not been picked back up no but but in my opinion it's a dude that (laughs) like there's no reason he shouldn't be playing in challenger tell me i'm blanking just thinking about like somebody that I would partner with like in men's and probably not lose. And then somebody that's also just so steady and good um, and mixed as well. And just a good partner challenge, challenge a little bit singles, but based on age, but also Steve Deacon. Yeah. Stevie D. How's yeah. that dude? How's that dude? Not in challenger. Are you kidding? 
No, I'm with you. I'm with I was you, tattooed man. on chat. Like looking at it's, some of the guys that were in challenger, dude, Steve Deacon's meddling at PPA still. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. I mean, how's that dude not in challenger? I mean, he's the definition of like a crusty vet. Uh, like that's what you want. Also like these matches, right? like I was talking about these matches come down to a few big points and that dude's played a lot of big matches. Yeah, no, I know. And it's, it's, it's the battle for these, for these GMs and the people drafting these teams. It's, youth and upside versus, you know, rev, uh, results and experience. And Steve Deacon has those last two in spades. So, yeah. uh, yeah, it, it, it is an interesting situation. I believe, yeah, he was paired up with, uh, with Pat Smith and Lee Whitwell, and I believe Jeannie Irakina uh, there for the, uh, uh, the ranchers. Yeah, that's right. So he got dropped after event one and didn't sneak back in. So that's a good call. Uh, He's got to be on the draft radar. He has to be. I mean, he just absolutely has to be. So uh, I think that that probably is a big factor is the 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 age and the singles. Uh, but I mean, he was like he was like Canadian champion for like ten years or something like that in tennis. You think he can't slap a couple forehands or hit a couple ground strokes? Uh, His forehand's yeah. clean too. Yeah, I mean, if you think that like Deacon or Matt Wright is just going to completely get blown off the court by someone sure they, they might lose more than more points than they win but you think those guys can't hit a big serve and a big ground stroke and you know paint a couple of lines you're crazy uh the, the singles format uh you know obviously you want you want talent and solid singles players but uh the second time i've used this term today on the program it, it really is a shit show <laughs> it, is. it is no, it, it is. really is it is okay i like it that was a good MLP. Uh, like, yeah, we didn't do too much. We didn't go too deep into it. It's perfect. <laughs> you know, I'm sure there'll be plenty of comments. I, I know I, I left some people out. Like I said, I didn't go through those premier too hardcore. I mean, I left, yeah. I left Leia Jansen <laughs> off my list. Who <laughs> has yeah. been on the program like five times. So, uh, uh, yeah, so that, but, but the challenger, man, it, it is, I mean, you're, you're kind of drafting premier, with a pretty well-rounded amount of information, some of these players in Challenger, it really is a lot of word of mouth, uh, talking to some of their kind of local practice partners, just a handful of results to, that are actually tangible that you can look at. So uh, it is very difficult for Challenger and uh, anyone who, who's drafting a Challenger team. Uh, you guys, you guys out there and, and fans need to know that it is, it is not very much, not an exact science. And, yeah. uh, it, while it is exciting, it, it is very challenging as well. Are you able to give any insight into, into your guys's strategy? Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's tough. I mean, I still think that there is, uh, you know, there, there is a deeper male player pool. But I almost, you know, I almost feel like there's a handful of ladies, uh, you know, uh, that that kind of start off the ch the challenger bracket that, you know, maybe could could affect that game as much, if not more, as some of the maybe say the top ten men in challenger. So I, I, yeah. I do think that 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 very top pick or that top five to seven pick in premier is more important than in challenger, um, and I do think it's very different in the fact that you have player pickups basically in challenge and premier you do not like you have to dip all the way back deep to to replace someone on your team so to have you know some 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 players men and women that do not get drafted that could fill in and and not see too much difference i think definitely has to you know affect your your draft strategy uh somewhat yeah what pick do you guys have 
we have the 10th pick. So we will get, we will have the 10th and the 15th. And then unless there's a trade, we will not have to pick in the final nine picks of the draft. Right. Which, which is important. So, you yeah. know, a 48 person player pool and we don't have to pick the last, we have the 39th yeah. pick. That's, that's a pretty a big spot. deal to yeah. not have to, to deal Go with those deep. last 10 players. Right. Right. So I think that that's important. And, uh, and yeah, it's going to be exciting if I'm actually in New York for the draft. <laughs> Before your tenth, how many? How many do you think for those first nine picks? How many are men? How many are women? Um, I think that it'll probably be slightly more men than women. So I, I think, and that, that's more like kind of in a vacuum. I could get a little more specific yeah. when you're talking about the actual player pool, but I, I would look to it. It, let's say we have nine in front of us. I think uh, five, four for sure, if not six, three guys w- would make a lot of sense. And that just seems to be the in general buzz uh, kind of around that, that uh, a lot of these teams early on in the draft might be pulling trigger on fellas. Yeah. Fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's uh yeah, it's, it, it's real interesting. And, and I, I think it's, uh, it, you, you said you were thinking about golf. You weren't exactly sure why, but I always think about poker and, yeah. uh, it, it's, it's definitely in still in the wild west stages of incomplete information and it's going to get a lot more structured years down the line. So I still think that there's some really big edges and there's going to be a handful of weird things that happened in this challenger draft. The first challenger draft, there was a lot of weird stuff. I think that will just be as each draft goes, there'll be a little less weird things happening and more standard stuff happening is kind of how I see it. Got it. Uh, do you think our next podcast is going to be with Tim Parks and he's going to go through your team and who you drafted and why and why you guys are going to be the team to beat in Challenger? Yeah, no, that's exactly what's going to happen. And uh, like I said, you just got to get you got to get Tim Parks with the microphone next to his mouth, you know, ready to talk. And he is going to lay it out there. I promise you that much. And it's going to be an exciting episode for sure. He'll be he'll be bashing some people. He'll be he'll be saying some insightful things, and he'll also be saying some controversial things. And you know that's that's good for a podcast, right? Hey, there's there's not many more people passionate about pickleball, more passionate about pickleball than Tim Parks. So hey, his him. goal in life was to be a, a, a sports team GM. So he's 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 made he's it. Doing it. He's made it. He's doing it. He's doing it. <laughs> he's, do, he's doing it. I would have never have guessed it was going to be pickleball, but hey, he's here. Yeah, no, that's right. That's right. He, I don't think he would have guessed that either, but he's here. <laughs> and like, I, I mean, I'll tell you what, somebody just got gold. So after after the hard eights got knocked out in pool play, it's just Tim Park sitting by himself in the VIP lounge and someone from like 100 yards away zooming in on him, <laughs> watching how upset and sad he is. And it's <laughs> I mean, I, I laughed for 10 minutes straight. Yeah, it's, it's just too good. He, he, he took that one hard, and I, I will expect him to take all, all, all the losses hard and uh, get very excited when, when we get the wins as well. Where, where are you guys at in the overall standings? Not, not in a great spot. So I believe we are fourth or fifth from the bottom. Okay. Uh, so what needs so, to happen with Challenger for you guys? You guys need to become like top four? Yeah, we need to win them all. That's what needs to happen. What what we really need to happen is them to 
make make uh, Premier 16 teams instead of 12. That would yeah. help our chances quite a bit. Yeah. But yeah, uh, we're, I, I mean, I, I don't think we're in a situation, uh, you know, where we need to like win two of the three events or anything like that. But we need to we need to be making it out of pool play and we may need to make at least one, you know, semifinals plus uh, finals type run. Yeah. in the in the challenger bracket to give ourselves a chance you know so uh i think th- there is still a chance we control our own destiny but uh you know if, if we don't have a couple really good runs we're probably going to need a, a small bit of help as well which you know is not the best situation to be in but here we are if i know anything about tim parks he does not want to have the hard eights in challenger next year no 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 no. very <laughs> bad you know very, very, very tim would not like that at all so uh, yeah I might be taking over the team. He might quit yeah. <laughs> if we're in challenger. Yeah. So, uh, do you, do we know if that's gonna, if that's gonna happen, the expansion to 16 premier? No, we don't. I've just heard a little buzz. I, yeah, I, I was, I, I haven't heard anything concrete or, or like how far along in the process of, uh, of kind of talking about doing that they are, but, uh, I've heard multiple people say that. So it has to be somewhat on the table, I would guess. Yeah. 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 I think it, I think it would make a lot of sense. Yeah. I I mean, I think so too, not just from the situation that we're in just to, yeah, just to, I mean, to have twice as many in premier as challenger, you know, it kind of, kind of does make a little sense as opposed to 12, 12. And the, the, I mean, yeah, I could see the, I could see the challenge of maybe doing that, you know, the start of, or, or thinking about this last year when you're looking at 2023, but um, as we, as we've seen, like players keep coming in, the depth keeps getting stronger. And I, th- you know, I think with 16 premier teams, top to bottom, it's pretty strong. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, that's why I'm, I have no problem. I mean, you know, it's getting, it's getting a little more business and a little more serious. You know, you don't want to give your, give all your secrets away or your rankings away, but I mean, things are just drastically changing so quickly. I'm, I'm happy yeah. to talk about some of these premier players as, you know, a handful, of, a handful of the people in my top 10 might not even be, be making premier uh, when we yeah. have this draft of January, February of next year. So yeah. uh, it's, it's wild. If, if you, even if you look at my like original rankings uh, that we did on like the fifth episode or something like that, some of the names are wild, how different it is now. So, uh, yep. you know, cha- change, uh, changes happening on the business side, of course, that we like to talk about, but of course the player pool as well. hundred percent. What do you think? Good, good, good to wrap. Yeah, no, I think, I think this is reasonable just under an hour. It's pretty good time, time spot there, Robert, any, oh. any final words? Yeah, I, I liked our fair amount of nonsense. Maybe people didn't, but like it was nice. <laughs> Maybe people did it, but oh, this yeah, is about us, Adam. It's not about them. This is <laughs> that's the truth. Uh, no, it's a good combination. A little, a little bit of rambling, and then a little bit of analysis. I think that's, I think that's a good recipe. And honestly, I just want you to be able to book your flight so you can get on a get on the airplane. Yeah, and go I need there to. Today. I need to. I seriously am going to call Timbo. Yeah, I'm going to have to call Timbo. I don't know what's happening. I was, I mean, I even told him, I was like, you know, I'll get there noonish. We'll have a little, put in a little session, do a little research. He's like, great. Sounds awesome. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're running into some issues here. We got to get them sorted out. But, uh, yeah. So go take care of that. Good uh-huh. luck at the draft uh-huh. and we'll catch up with Timbo soon. All right. Later, Robert. Later, everyone. Bye. Because you know why? Why? Because it feels right. It feels right. Legendary. Yeah.